Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called PeopleThink, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online and it can be done anywhere and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently. And that's the beauty of leadership. It's so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now, that word is worth repeating, unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how they're going to help your team and your organization move forward. You got to be real. And you got to be bold and you got to drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. This is why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. So let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Drew Hagen, who is the co-founder and chief culture officer at Envision Communications. We're going to hear all about Drew's approach to leadership. So Drew, thank you and welcome. And we're really pleased to have you here today. Karen, thank you for inviting me. We've worked together for many, many years, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you. Okay, so Drew, um, tell us a little bit about who you are, and tell us a little bit about Envision. And and I know when you started the company, um, you had some thoughts and principles in mind. So so let's hear a little bit about that, and then we'll get into our leadership conversation. Well, it is a long story, <laughs> but it's a fun story. And, yeah, let's hear you know, it. Part, part of the part that goes into what we're going to be talking about is I met my business partner, Rod Michaels, you know, 30 years ago, well, actually probably 35 years ago. And we had always been crafting about starting our own company, primarily because we felt we could do it differently and better. Mm. And we really focused, oddly enough, on what people were doing incorrectly and how we could do it better, as I said. So nice. we had some experiences at a company we used to work with, and I'm not going to mention their name because they're a wonderful company and they're still in business. And I think they do a, a great job. But uh, one of our key principles that we started the company with is treat your employees well. Mm. And this company was more bottom line focused. All companies need to be, but they were more bottom line focused than we wanted to be. And I, I, I say that on purpose because 
the client's outcome is what's most important to us. And that's one of our guiding principles is, yeah. and we give every one of our employees the ability to make decisions to make sure that the outcome is best for the client. They don't need to come talk to us or their manager or the manager's manager mm. uh, to ask questions. They, they know what we're going to say. And that's, that's one of the, the biggest things that we did when we started 30 years ago is to make sure that we're listening to our clients and that we're delivering what they need. And we want to make sure that we're pushing our clients to, to help them be successful. So nice. those are sort of base guiding principles. We've started the company more as a production company and over the years have reinvented ourselves to now be more of a consultative experiential company that really helps guide our clients' audiences to have the best experience possible and to get all the information across them in a creative, um, strategic fashion that isn't really based around bells and whistles, even though it's great to have that, mm -hmm. but you want to be done with a program or a series of programs or during a campaign with a result. And you know, some of those results are bigger, better sales or better recruitment or better retention or better understanding of new products or a new way of learning. So we always make sure that everything we do is objective based and there's some type of measurement so we know we've achieved that objective. And that, that's how we've evolved over the years. You know, we've got offices nicely in uh, San Francisco and in Chicago and New York. We've got a 120 some odd amazing employees, uh, the majority of which have been with us for like over seven years. So we, wow. we try to make sure we have an environment that people uh, can thrive in and can define what they want to do. I mean, we have, yes, we have job titles and job descriptions and a, and a structure, but we really welcome people to help define their own path and come up with new ways to help the company grow. And I would say a good portion of our employees have done that. They've taken us up on that and brought new ideas to us and we've embraced them and, and they've written their own job description and have started, you know, even groups within our company. Wow. Uh, and we have, you may know this already because of the work we've done with you. We have some people that have, I think we have, I think we said eight, receptionists that still work for us and they've grown to be the director of our largest group they've gone into hr they've gone into sales they've gone into strategy they've gone into creative they've gone into graphics so there's we really like to have a good culture of opportunity and openness well i mean considering that you're the chief culture officer it would make sense make sense that we'd have this kind of conversation and before we even get in to my first question, Drew, what's interesting about what you just um, talked about is you are really providing leadership opportunities for the people within your organization, even without the title. I mean, what you've just said is they know what the client needs. And so from their perspective, they need to make the right decision for the client and the business, of course. And so even without a title, these, your employees are saying, okay, I know what I have to do. And so I'm going to take a leadership role in this, which is really uh, astounding when you think about what you do, because everything um, Envision is, is about a service organization to clients to make them successful. Of course, it's going to be objective. Of course, you'll be able to um, uh, measure it. And at the end of the day, everybody has to feel good about it. So knowing that your employees understand at the end of the day, that client, that customer has to walk away happy um, and thrilled that they participate, it, you know, it's pretty darn cool. Pretty darn cool. That's great. Thank you. 
there's, I, you know, I shouldn't say there's no other way to do it, but we, we found that as really key to, like you said, we are a service organization. We yeah. sell our people and to provide a service and they, what we don't want to do is build up a, a situation where, let's say you ask me a question about getting something accomplished and I have to go, hold on, I have to get back to yes. you on that. Right. Probably the last thing you want to hear that doesn't uh, bode confidence into the people that you're relying on to help propel their business. Sure. We don't have answers for everything. And we also don't do everything. Yes. And we build a, a strong partner network that we can bring people in. They can sit next to us, behind us, whatever the client wants to help, uh, help with areas that our clients need support in. So we, we don't, we aren't a do it all because we don't think any company is a do it all company because that means you sort of don't do anything great. Exactly. But we, we can bring in people to help support us. Well, it's nice to know what you do for a living, right? I mean, that's good. You've been in business a while. So since what, 1991. So I'd say you guys are pretty clear about your expertise. Yeah, all right. Keep changing. Yeah. Yeah. This last five months. Yeah. Oh. And we're going to get into that because these last five months have, if you're not evolving and transitioning and shifting the way that you do business, you will no longer be here. End of story, period. That's for sure. Okay. So let's ask the first question, Mr. Drew. Um, it's all about defining leadership. And, you know, what I know is that everybody defines it differently. And it's been fascinating for me to continue to have these conversations um, with leaders in, in all different types of industries because I'm hearing so many different things. So my first question out of the gate is, Drew, how do you define leadership? Well, it's a loaded question because <laughs> leadership can be <laughs> defined in so many ways. That's why you asked. Exactly. Uh, defined in so many ways that I like, I like to tell stories as part of what we do as a company. I define leadership by some of the joy and amazement that we have had as a company, as individuals being exposed to great leaders. Mm. So I, not to be a name thrower. <laughs> do um, it, please do so it. I'll, I'll do it. But we, we've been over the years, we've worked with you know, the Steve Jobs is the John Chambers, the Bill Gates, you know, the Art Levinson's from Genentech and the, you know, Chuck Williams, Howard Lester from Williams Sonoma, the Mickey Drexler's from the Gap, you know, even back to Chuck Noyes, who really started, was one of the cowboys of the, the Valley. I'm starting to sound very old, but uh, <laughs> it's, it has been amazing to see how each one of them work differently. Even Michael Dell and like Bill McDermott just recently uh, are, are just amazing mm -hmm. individuals. And if there's something that seems to be constant that I would define leadership is, or leaders is someone that has the drive to mentor, to mm. guide, really care about the growth of others. It's a, it's a selfless role because you're really caring about real good leaders, I feel, are ones that are caring about others to help them further their goals which help you, of course, further the goals of the company, but you can't be an island. Yeah. Uh, if anything, you want everyone else on that island and you're, maybe you're moving the island around a little bit, but it's, uh, it's, it's not, I'll tell you what it is not. It is being a, a, a tyrant. Right. <laughs> no one's going to want to follow a leader that's a tyrant unless you're you know, not very secure, I guess. You know, that's, a, that's a tough thing to comment on. And we've worked with some leaders that, have made mistakes. And as I mentioned earlier, we built our company off of learning some others' 
mistakes and we've learned it from other leaders. Yes. And nobody's perfect by any stretch. And that's, that's where we, we keep sort of moving that island around to find out what's best for the employees. Because that's, that's, it's not what's best for myself and Rod. Um, it's, and we're, we're guided by our employees on how to lead better. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, and by the other leaders that we see. And we see the transformation in these companies when these new leaders come in. It's just tremendous. And I, you know, stories and stories about all these people I just mentioned, but just seeing how, you know, Steve Jobs has a rap of being a, a real interesting person. <laughs> um, so he calm. is an interesting person. <laughs> and those are the, the, the little tidbits that you can, you can pull out um, if you don't go by what other, everybody says. And that's another thing that I think is key is, Judge for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think good yeah. leaders really judge for themselves. They take information to to gather information, have knowledge, but still judge for yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't want to label somebody or a group of people or whoever without experiencing it yourself. Then you're you're, you're missing out. I mean, I've I've had such great experiences with people that have been labeled as oh not approachable or you're not going to learn anything from them. Well, I I'm going to figure that out myself. And it is all in the, it, certainly it's all in the, the approach of, of how, um, if you can have kind of blank slate going in. And, and one, one thing I just want to comment about, you know, all the, the people that you've worked with, and there's, of course, there's amazing leaders, and then there's not so amazing leaders. And what I find is we can learn as much from the not amazing leaders. I mean, heck, mm-hmm. that's why you and Rod started Envision um, because of that. So there's so many learnings, as long as your eyes are open and you continue to be curious about knowing that there's more to learn and there's more ways to lead and everybody's got a different way of doing so. And, you know, you take a nugget from here and a nugget from there and a nugget from there. And then all of a sudden it it can become your leadership mantra, if you will. So in the second question, you know, when I think about um, leaders, what I really believe is it's so critical for a leader to be really crystal about their values, because that's how we understand what our boundaries are. That's how we begin to understand what our lanes are. That's how we can make decisions. And so, so I'm going to ask you, what are your three top values as a leader, Drew? And as you look at, you know, being a co-founder, being uh, the chief culture officer of Envision, how, how do you, what are your three values you lead with? First one, and this is a, a hugely a top is openness. Mm. And I can get into some defining that in a second. Um, driving, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a value, but it, being able to, to drive and be, and have clarity. So mm-hmm. openness and clarity mm-hmm. are one and two for me. And then my third is caring. Oh. So, you know, the openness, clarity, and caring are, are my top three that I like to focus on. The openness is something that, especially right now, is so important that we owe it to our staff and our clients to be as open as possible with the situation we're in mm-hmm. and how we can get through it together and what the steps are that we think we should take to get there. And we've seen so many companies regretfully that aren't being clear, that there's no clarity there of where you know everyone's sort of lost right now. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, and until we 
choose a course and chart that course and be open about how to get there and be open about some of the challenges that we're going through now, um, then I don't think you're going to get many people that are going to support your direction. Right. And, you know, caring is something you can't fake. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, people know if you care about what you're doing or you're passionate. People use passionate um, over and over and over again, which is a great, great word tends to be overused at times. Agree. But the uh, I, I'd, I'd redefine passionate as being caring. Because mm. there's, you know, we have, especially now, and I've probably said that four times already, there are so many different levels to how we work that it's not just work. It, it's how, it's our families. I mean, we're all, everything's been put into a melting pot right now <laughs> that there's no separation. Yeah, we're all working from home yeah. and our kids are running around and there's life going on around us. And we have to balance that even more than we have before. It did add so much stress that I think most of us are starting to realize why we are <laughs> so stressed right yeah. now <laughs> is that there is all these new components have been thrust upon us. And it's just a, it's something we all have to sit back and and realize, hey, it's fine if someone runs across in the back area or a phone rings or something like that. That's just, that is what we're, our current normal, I hate saying new normal, our current normal is going through. And the more that we can embrace that and really care about our individual's needs. We talk about it in vision that we care about the whole employee, not mm -hmm. just the work employee. Nice. It's the personal employee. It's a family employee. It's your, the, the, the children, the, the, our support structure that's around us and our friends. And we're all we're all in it together, so we try to make sure that we look at it that way as the the caring part of uh, being a leader. And then, Drew, the whole employee, as you were just talking about, has that shifted and become a stronger force in the past five months, or has that always been a principle for how Envision lived? Well, it's always been a principle, but it's that volume. You know, we call it knobs. That knob has been probably turned yep. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little more. I'd say so. Uh, because of the unknown mm -hmm. and we're still in it yeah uh, the, the, we don't know when this is going to end but we're figuring out how to adapt to it and one of the reasons we've been as successful as we have been is because we we adapted quickly mm -hmm. the only ways only reason we were able to do that is because we have an amazing staff that really they were at the they were all at the start line at the same time and we all heard the uh, starting gun and we we ran and sprinted and the scary thing is this sprint is lasting a lot longer than yes. we all thought yeah forget the marathon thing it is yep. a sprint oh i feel like it's every day i agree with you yeah. now and it wears on you i mean i boy oh. i feel it i'm sure you do I, mean, I know everybody does but the the nice thing about our staff is that i think they see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and they're willing to put that sprint in <laughs> Yes. A little longer than we all anticipated. Yes. But we're also trying to have some balance too. There's, you've got to build in balance. And we, we really pride ourselves in making sure that we do that as much as we can and not overwork people, even though everyone's overworked, but just to a certain extent mm -hmm. that we don't, we don't want people to break. No one wants people to break. Then sometimes you have to help push people to not break. Yeah, <laughs> we, exactly. We all, we all work crazy hours and until someone says, hey, 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 why don't you take tomorrow off? Yeah, what do you think? What, what do you mean? I can't take, I mean, I, I, yeah. <laughs> all right, I could, I could do that. You know, so it, it's, uh, 
you need leaders need to be able to take a step back and, and realize that too many people are with their head on fire right now and they have to for us to be successful in the long run we have to sprint but we don't need to sprint you know with our head completely underwater exactly we need to, to be able to have time to think and recharge and what I often call that, um, Drew, is work-life blend. And I think if ever there was a time we had work-life blend, it's now. I mean, everybody, everything is blended together. I mean, you know, people don't know when do we stop, when's the workday start, when does it end? Does it end? I'm not sure it ends. So, you know, it's really about giving permission. And and so I just want to go back to what you said about your values. So openness, clarity, and caring. And, you know, the openness and clarity is really about that continuous communication, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. I mean, you know, the first few weeks out, nobody knew what was going on. And then you have to continue to get clear and clear and clear about what that messaging is going to be. And then um, you said something really important about the caring piece, Drew. And you know what, you can't fake that. And if you do, there's no one who will not see right through it. And it has to be real. And you know, obviously, if, if you have uh, the attrition rate um, low, as, as you had indicated in the beginning of our, our conversation, there's a reason for that. And so they trust that you're not kidding. Uh, you and Rod are not kidding. And, and, and that's a really, really nice place to be. So thank you for that. Great. All right. So we've touched on this a little bit. Um, in fact, you know, about the enormous amount of transition and change we're currently in, I mean, the global pandemic, the social awakening, and how really that impacts us economically, both of those and, and many other things. So um, again, we've addressed it a little bit, but I'd like really specifically for, uh, for us, for you to tell us, how do you lead through this transition and change? I mean, your values alone speak to it. Um, openness, clarity, caring. What else have you done for the team? Um in terms of, of how to operate here in this unknown? Well, I think it goes with what we just mentioned, the those those values, but we've over-communicated. Mm. And especially at the beginning where we, and, and still to this day, we don't quite have daily huddles with every one of our, um, our offices, but at the beginning we had daily huddles with each department, daily huddles and huddles is a, you know, a, a nice word for a, a, a gathering, a meeting. Yeah. And we were able to just talk openly about where we are, what we're doing, what we need to learn and, and how we're going to get there. Mm. So that's one of the things that I, we've worked with, even with our clients on and even setting up avenues for them to over communicate whether it's through live little huddles or whether it's through broadcasts you know big companies broadcasting messages that's so key mm -hmm. to getting through this and and listening this is not a time to have just one-way communication mm -hmm. there has to be great channels of two-way communication so you hear people's concerns uh, allowing other people and yourself to be vulnerable that's so key during a, a time of challenge because I think they know we're nervous. Yes, yes. And and for us to be open about that, they go, oh, okay, they understand. They understand where we're coming from. They're not just, you know, we have a very flat organization, so I'm not big on titles and things of that nature, even though we have them. But it's it's one of those things that they're, the, the, doors, the door, 
the video conference has opened everybody yeah, yeah, <laughs> who yeah, wants yeah. To, yeah. to reach out. And that's good and bad. And the only thing I'll, I don't want to put a damper on it, um, having access to everybody 24 hours a day goes to your comment earlier is when does it stop? Mm -hmm. I love your work-life blend comment. What a wonderful word or two words. There is, and with, you know, we work with clients around the world and that's yeah. you know, East, East Coast, West Coast. Right. It's tough to know when to shut down. Right. And I know some of our clients have these certain periods of the day that it's, you know, no email during these period or no conference calls or no whatever. That's brilliant. If you can do it, um, that, that's one of the challenges we have. We can't really instigate that because our clients all work with different types of um, communications cadence. But if you can, I, I tell people to block off time to work, to think, to play, to recharge. And if you don't do it, your calendar will get filled for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're in a business of pleasing, uh, but we can't please anybody if we're not sort of pleasing our full body self so that we can operate at the, the best performance level that we can. Oh, absolutely. And I'll go back to what, what we talked about in terms of, you know, you're a service organization. So it's really nice to block your calendar. And if a client um, needs something during that time, you can't go, oh, sorry. Um, you might be able to right. do it once or twice, but that can't be any <laughs> regular occurrence. So uh, you have to find other ways. And what I often will tell my clients is to block some time for think, like think time mm -hmm. so that Smart. You know, I always say start with two hours and, and then, if, okay. And if that doesn't work, then do an hour. And if not, that doesn't work, then at least do 30 minutes and make that sacred. Like do not take that off your calendar because you have to be able to operate and we can't operate. You know, everybody talks about call after call after call and then we're on camera and then, ah, oh, you know, it just, it just, it's too much. It get it's exhausting. And so your comment about listening and listening, not only your clients, but your employees and saying, okay, how how is it going? And then zipping it long enough to hear what they say so that you and the teams can continue to adapt based on what's going on in the moment. And, and for transition and change these days, everybody has to be adaptable all day long. It, it's not like we've got this steady stream. It's like, okay, we're headed this way. Oops, got to go right. Oh, okay. We're headed this way. This is great. This is so good. Oh, oops. Now we got to go left. And that's that's the world we live in. And so people really need to be flexible and adaptable during these times, that's for sure. My fourth question here, Drew, is about continually learning. I talk about curiosity and how when we lose that sense of curiosity, I always say, if you ain't curious, just go home. Because it means that you're not expanding your, your brain and thinking and bringing new ways of doing things. So what do you do? What are your tools to, to continue the learning and to continue to grow and develop? Because as long as we're alive, that's going to be important. I tend to stay away from the mainstream media, you know, especially this day and age with Very everything smart. going on. Smart uh, there's a lot of information that is that is confusing and the last thing we really need is to be confused mm -hmm. so i i do spend a lot of time and our employees are great about sending me information about what's the latest thing our clients are doing or what's the latest solutions tool that's out there or even what the competition's doing nice and it's a it really fills me up with uh gathering this information but one of the key things that i do for learning and our staff does 
is we listen to our clients. Mm. We, we have, as I mentioned earlier, just this humongous, amazing list of clients we work with. And when they're doing their presentations, whether we're recording them or they're live, uh, there are, there's so much there that people write books about yeah, yeah, yeah. that we get exposed to. And we, I, it's, I try to make sure that when any of the leaders of the companies we work with are giving their presentations or recording whatever we're working with them on, I try to make sure everyone turns off their phone and turns off their email and, and puts that aside for that half hour, that 30 yeah. minutes plus that will really give them an insight into the world. I mean, yeah. there's, they, they get exposed at such a high level of what's going on and, and they use that what's going on to determine the direction of their company that we, you know, we're able to get some nice little morsels there. And it's, it's fascinating. We, we are so fortunate to be exposed to the people we're exposed to. And not only that, I mean, you're not industry specific. So, I mean, you're no. learning about all kinds of industries and what's occurring now within that industry base. So um, great way to learn. And, and then the next question says, and I think you've kind of answered it already, is then how do you help your employees learn? Well, you just gave us a beautiful example, like turn off your darn phones. I mean, let's take a listen to this because it's going to be magical. What else do you do for your employees to help them? We set up as much as we can these career grids mm. for employees to not check a box. Hey, I did this. I should be able to move to the next level. But to to have a have insight into what they need to do to broaden their horizons. Mm. And the nice thing is, we they can look at any one of the career grids we have for any department at the company. Oh, so they aren't just stuck in one. They can go, hey, you know what? I'm sort of interested in, in creative, and they may be in our experience delivery group, or our strategy group, or our sales group. They can pop these things up, and they can start to become more diversified in their knowledge. Wow! So we we offer that, and we have a, a robust uh, training team that is really concentrated on doing internal learning. Because we, we're in niche market, there, are, there aren't a lot of things you can just put on the internet about how to be an experienced delivery company or how to, how to work on creative strategy for um, different experiences for audiences. So we, we tend to do a lot of internal mentoring, guiding, uh, shadowing mm. and so that people can learn. We have days set aside for our, our staff to learn from each other. Mm. And to mentor each other and to not only do that, there's sort of a three-step process that, Karen, I'm going to spend some time learning from you. And then you're going to oversee um, what I am learning as a second step. And then you're going to be there when I'm pushed out the tree to actually execute. Wow. wow. So you have someone to, to lean back on and, and, and help guide. And what we found out is, we're learning how to make processes even better that way. So even though Karen, you told me how to do something, I took it and made it better. Yeah. And we're open enough to admit that and go, hey, that's a better way to do it. Yeah. Instead of well, trying to be, oh, no, you're going to do it my way. Because yeah. there is no, yeah, that, that, yeah there, there's no way to be successful if you're going to be stuck in your current way every day. And that's not exciting either. We're, we're a bunch of, <laughs> uh, I probably the wrong term, but we're a bunch of, uh, 
slightly ADD personalities <laughs> that we like to we like to change things around and do things differently. We 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 wouldn't do well on an assembly line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the only one who gets to do anything my way is Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so, so what, what's really, so we, you talked earlier about how, you know, people stay at Envision. Well, this would be why people would stay. Leaders, you need to listen to this. Please listen to this. Because <laughs> when I am in an organization and I have opportunities outside my scope of work so I can learn and then I can actually make comments and maybe bring new ideas and new ways of doing business to to this is, I mean, it's being respected, it's being heard, it's being connected and challenged. I mean, it's, it's, um, that's sweet. That, that's, that, that's what I'll tell you right now, Drew, that's why people are staying because they have opportunity wow. to learn. And that's what it's all about. Like I said, if you ain't curious, go home. Great. It's true. Okay. So, so Drew, my last question is, you know, we've, we've talked some about joy today. So, so what, outside of work gives you joy so you can bring that joy into the work world and, 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 and be a whole person. I mean, that's the other thing you talked about. I mean, this organization is about being a whole person. So what do you do outside so that, that you're joyful when you come inside? Well, it's, as you mentioned, it's about the whole person. It's about balance. Um, it, I, I am, when I need to escape, I escape into my photography. Mm. That's my sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I love that uh, a single image can tell a story. Mm. Um, I like being able to look back and having great memories or, or understanding of what happened when that photo was taken. I can, I used to back in the days of you know dark room and chemicals and, and largers and all that. I'd go in there and, and work there, and hours would go by, and I had no idea. I thought I'd been there for fifteen minutes, and I get a knock on the door that, hey, <laughs> hello, we're sleep. out here. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's something it's still, even though it's now all digital for the most part, uh, it's something that I, I really get lost in. And I, I love the ability to, I have a wall here at home that every quarter I print out uh, 11 by 17, you know, just color copy prints, not photo quality of little things that we did for the past quarter. And I can walk by that every day and take a look and you know bring a smile to my face and and think about just everything that that goes on in life. We tend to get so focused on what's going on right now, I know. Uh, which is is important right now. But it's also good to take a step back and and take a breath and look at what has you've accomplished, but also what you've done. And that's what photography allows me to do. And and so I'll I'll just make, I'll build one bridge here for you, Drew. And if sure. you think that you've always escaped from photography and what you said is a single image can tell a story. That's what you just said about your photography. What you said before about Envision is that you are storytellers. And so you are doing what is a natural talent for you, meaning it's almost like you couldn't tell stories you like drew hagan couldn't be alive unless he was able to tell stories and you're doing that with envision so wow that's pretty cool too that is pretty darn cool well thank you i mean we move and we talk about moving our audiences to action yeah there's another saying we have because and the only way to really do that is with a evocative image with an evocative story mm. with compelling information yeah 
And you're right, photography can be that way. Yeah. And we, where when we are producing events for our for our clients, where we, you'll know when we're it's one of our programs because there aren't a lot of words on the screen mm. because that the words are coming out of our mouths. It doesn't need to be repeated to be mm. what's on the screen. It needs to be a story or an image or something that that reinforces what's being told. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, you're right. The photography, a good good connection there is something yeah. that we really we really pride ourselves in to to tell those to help our clients propel themselves with with great messaging. Wow, great. So talk about being whole. There you go, Mr. Drew. Um, <laughs> that's how you're doing it. Great. Wow. Oh, thank you so much. I hope leaders are listening to what we just heard today. Um, you know, I'm so grateful, Drew. Thank you for doing this um, with me. And we'll be sharing it, as you well know, and, and um, sharing your wisdom. I mean, you've been with Envision. You mean, you co-founded Envision. You've been there. You know, it's been a long time. And so there's something to be said about having an organization since 1991, having repeat clients and having people continually come back. So that's a testament to you and Rod and how you're running Envision. So I'm grateful for that. So thank you. Well, as you know, you've been a big part of it too, because one of the things that we we need is a collective language that we all speak. And your offering has really helped our team work not only internally, but with our clients too. Great. Having that uh, single um, guiding principles of you know leadership, which yeah. which you've helped us with, and how how we realize that we're all different, but we're all similar, and how we get a means to an end. And so I really appreciate that. I mean, it's it's been amazing. It really has. Great, Drew. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so everyone, thanks for listening. I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Drew Hagen, who is the co-founder and chief culture officer at Envision Communications. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Music by Poddington Bear. Editing by Mary Lee Williams. Have a great one. Bye now.